0: Hello and welcome to John Richardson and the Future Nought Christmas Special 2022. It's the optimism special. I'm only going to be optimistic and say nice things. So, a wonderful, festive, heartfelt welcome to the most wonderful of people. It's Ed Gillespie and Mark Stevenson. Hello. Hello. I'm suspicious already. I'm doing my (laughs) best, mate. Can't last. It can't last. And if it does last, it'll ruin my year. I've got a rictus grin on. I'm not very well, but illness is just nature's way of making you appreciate wellness, right, guys?
1: Yeah. <laughs> so Mark went into sort of you know, super villain mode when he was ill. You become, like, overbearingly cheesy. It
0: just makes me appreciate all the times I don't feel like shit. <laughs> and it makes me appreciate shit. Where would we be without shit? You know what? I've been, I was in bed last time we did this podcast and I am in bed again because I'm ill still. So you're not going to be positive? I'll try. Come on, it's Christmas. Are you excited about Christmas? Oh,
2: that's such a good question.
0: Yes, I am excited about having some time off. Do you know what? Once you've paused for that long, I think I've got my answer. <laughs> Scrooge doesn't pause for that long at the end, does he? Well, do you know what? Unbalanced, they've done it in one night, so in fairness fine, let's get around Bob <laughs> Cratchit's house and have, I'll ameliorate his contract by 2.5%. Do,
2: do you want to know what the pause was for?
0: Yes. Okay. <laughs> 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 you referenced the pause by pausing. It's a meta Old John would have said no he didn't for, for shits and giggles, but a new optimistic John is delighted to hear what you have to say, Mark.
2: It's because me and my beloved this year have have definitely agreed not to buy each other any presents because I just said to her, look, I don't want you to express your love for me by buying me something I don't need and feeding this ridiculous commercial orgy. That is part of the problem that the world is so fucked up and everywhere I look now, I just see Christmas stuff people buying stuff they don't need to express love that they already feel to
0: feed profits that destroyed the planet that we're supposed to be celebrating at Christmas time
2: happy fucking timing
0: (laughs) 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 something reassuring and easy about a gift though isn't it if someone says don't show me your love with a gift what they mean is show me it in different ways and that's that's an eggier path isn't it what you're supposed to do be nice to each other hug each other tell each other you love each other that's what you're doing now isn't it that's what you're going for this this episode yes I love everyone see and you're not getting a present (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Ed, are you excited about Christmas?
1: I am, I am. I'm, I'm even fully dressed this week. I didn't reveal last week. I, I did the whole podcast whilst wearing my unicorn onesie. Aww. And I wasn't even in bed. <laughs> but you yeah, know of course it's hard not to be excited about christmas when you've got a five-year-old in the house as i'm sure we're all fully aware Claire, if was just tucking into bed and she was like saying how many sleeps till christmas daddy but no i i, I totally concur with what mark's saying and i've been i'm making most of my presents this year Great, right. yeah exactly so i'll be palming off the cider that i made that's and not the, a gift uh, for
0: anyone but yourself <laughs> oh sorry you hadn't finished the sentence
1: I got seventy-five litres of it to share with folk and my so you talking about the cider or what you're palming off.
0: <laughs> yeah, I just heard palming off and thought that's you can't you, I don't want that in the post.
1: <laughs> uh yeah, my slow gin, am I slow rum, I've made gingerbread, I'm gonna make some chocolate truffles. So yeah, I'm doing all things that you could put in your mouth made by my hands.
0: <laughs> you're really testing me, aren't you? Testing my I, optimism. Am, I am. <laughs> It will not slip. Of course, you have two Ukrainian visitors as well with you. Will you be having a Ukrainian Christmas?
1: We've been having a bit of a discussion about that, actually, because traditionally they used to celebrate it on the 7th of January. So because they were kind of aligned with the Gregorian calendar, But I think because that was also a sort of partly a Russian-associated holiday, apparently the Ukrainians are now moving back to celebrate on the Julian calendar like the rest of us. But for them, Christmas Eve, is, I think, is the big one. And they do a kind of traditional family gathering where they have 12 dishes. And you'll like this, John, because one or two of the dishes do have fish in, but traditionally it's all vegan. Excellent. They have a big sort of vegan Christmas Eve feast, which is amazing because I have to say, my, my Ukrainian guests do seem to eat a lot of meat.
0: Do you know what I'm gonna do? At Christmas lunch. <laughs> I mean, given your mood at the moment, shit on the table and storm out to the pub. <laughs> no, I
2: think. So for my fiftieth birthday, John, you very generously bought me a bottle of wine that was fifty years old. I did. And we did say we were all gonna drink it together, the four of us.
1: I know, he didn't he didn't buy me one well
2: on my fiftieth. No. And I think we can read a lot into that, but let's not do that on the podcast, shall we? <laughs>
0: I was told not to buy individual gifts for you. I was told to chip into a pooled fund. I'm only teasing, John, and I know you did. Well, uh, I, I did buy you one and just drank it because Mark hasn't <laughs> drunk it, so I'm sick of sending wine to people. Yeah, and we haven't managed to get around to
2: being in the same room together, so I thought it would sit in there, so I might, I might open it for Christmas lunch. Oh, that would be lovely. I would be
0: honoured. Send us a picture of it. That's the same as drinking it together, isn't it? Not really, no. No. <laughs> so, intriguingly, Ed, you, you want to talk about AI today.
1: Well, I, I wouldn't say I wanted to, but I, yeah, we were trying to be topical, in, weren't we, in this kind of series. So, oh, yeah. And it feels like it's quite topical because my social media feeds... I've got are, it. I've got you it. Are,
2: I've I've you've got got, it. I've, I know what we're going to do. Right, we're going to do AI, which is like the three ghosts of Christmas. This is a bad Christmas future, dystopian AI. We're not, then we've got the Fusion announcement. That's good Christmas future. And then we can have sort of May Christmas
0: future. Well, let's say fusion then. If if future is a positive Christmas future, let's save that till the end and let's have current Christmas future. What's AI? Is that AI's... Oh, mm, I see what you did. They're all futures, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> all right then. Well, let, let's save fusion till the end then.
1: Because mm.
0: if it is genuinely positive, the thing I read said that it, it's not going to be positive for ages though. But that's still positive, right? It's not that positive, obviously, because you're on the show doing my best yeah it's not great no it's it's just not my natural voice
1: <laughs> it does it sounds like an ai version of john it's like we've well like we programmed chat gbt to be john richardson <laughs> except we've accidentally fed in a joe pasquale reel and so he just got this incredible positivity this is the man
0: that lucy thinks she wants to be married to i need you both to email her and say that you've met him and he's a prick
2: Joe <laughs> hey, 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 pasquale <laughs>
0: <laughs> joe pasquale's rip these days i don't know if you've seen that uh, joe pasquale's gym bod no. Ooh, uh. it sounds like you fancy him so that like you want to be married to joe pasquale i loved joe pasquale he was on meet the richardsons he's got a lovely body he was very kind and he's moving to whitby and he writes horror stories now what a life eh
1: wow because isn't that where bram stoker wrote dracula yeah exactly yeah he wants, ah. to, he wants to be in the gothic vibe wow the gothic gothic vibe of Whitby I've never been to Whitby Is you've never gothic? been to
0: Whitby <laughs> yeah you've got to go to Whitby mate so you've never been to Robin Hood's Bay either I guess no right future notes live 2023 live from Whitby let's do it I'm up absolutely. for it absolutely yeah let's have it that'll be a wonderful day out it's a lovely place Whitby if there's anybody in Whitby listening who knows if there's a local arts center that we can go then let's do it I there's a theater up. in Whitby
2: do it let's do it let's do future notes live in Whitby
0: All right, then. And uh, if you want to get a little taste of what Whitby's like, Ed, may I recommend the Meet the Richardson's Holiday Special, Part 1, which is filmed in Whitby.
1: Yeah. Lovely. I did work with a guy from Whitby when I lived up in Orkney many moons ago, a guy called Mike, who we used to go fishing together, and he used to keep his fish for a few days after he'd caught it, because he said, he goes, I prefer it when it's a bit rifty. Rifty? Rifty. (laughs) Rifty. Oh. he He liked his fish a bit rifty.
0: Will Mike be coming to the live show?
1: <laughs> with, with a fish?
0: Yeah, a few-day-old fish. <laughs> Historically, not the sort of thing you want to leave for a bit. So let's get the depressing future out of the way and, and let's oh, talk hang on, about... hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. We haven't done what we're drinking. Oh, yeah. Are you having a drink, even though you're poorly? I,
2: I forced myself because you said we had to, John.
0: But yeah, well, don't let the listener know the stipulations I put people through to work with me. <laughs> <laughs> I will work with you, but I need a blood alcohol content of at least 10%. <laughs> Well, what are you drinking then, gentlemen? I'm drinking an organic
2: Spanish red wine. It's quite nice, actually. It feels like just sort of wine you should drink when you've got a flu. It's very
1: warming and calming of the throat. <laughs> as, as prescribed by the GP, he goes, I think you should drink an organic Rioja in order to deal with your symptoms, Mr. Stevenson.
2: Yeah, it's sort of like Benelin Malbec blend. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Cal
1: <Polychella. laughs> Ed, are you having a drink? Uh yes, I I've got I've got a Portuguese red. So I've gone over the border.
0: Well, I see your wine and I'll raise you about 25% and I'm drinking an American whiskey called Crown Royal, which oh. is what I drank when I was in Louisiana with Sean Locke and Christmas makes me a little bit backward thinking, sometimes a little bit emotional. So I thought I'd celebrate the good time we had when we were cowboys in Louisiana and we sat out on the steps of a ranch and drank a bottle between us of a night time. And the next morning I got up early with a hangover and I had a piece of toast and I saw a hummingbird. And it was a good time. Oh, that's a beautiful image. I'm just pouring a glass and then raising it to Sean Lock. As well. Yes, indeed. Sean Lock and absent friends
1: yeah well as you're saying that there's a, actually a butterfly flying around in my room and they always say that butterfly is a symbol of a of a lost soul oh there you go Please
0: don't tell me sean lock has come back as a
1: butterfly in my kitchen
0: i i know many things uh about my time with sean i, I didn't see him coming back as a butterfly in the norfolk area but
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm pleased
0: right i'm determined <laughs> to talk about ai even if you're not there's a way to test whether that is sean Locke, you know don't you Put put, put a carrot in a box and see. I get so many carrots gifted to me now. I mean, it's lovely to be remembered for anything. Of course it is. But um, it'd be nice to be remembered for one of my tours or a joke I'd written. But sadly, I'm going to be remembered for not being able to tell whether there's a carrot in a closed box or not.
1: (laughs) Schrodinger's carrot.
0: Schrodinger, yeah. I'll I'll give it a sort of scientific bent. In many ways, until the box was opened, there was a carrot in that box. Right, guys?
1: Yeah, you realise every time you try and ask about AI, Mark is going to interrupt, uh, (laughs) and we're
0: we're, we're not going to
2: get onto it. No, we can talk about AI. I've I've written about AI for years. I have very strong and, and interesting
0: views, developed. Do you? Yeah. All right, then let's have one of them. What do you want to know? I'm unfamiliar with this sort of interview process where you both have opinions that are informed and you broadly probably agree with each other and you try and inform. I'm more of a GMB news kind of guy, so it would help me if one of you was for it and one of you was against it. All right.
1: (laughs) well okay let's take it at the facile level and then mark can give a kind of an intellectual and more nuanced perspective but i mean people can't have missed the fact that everyone's been sharing their lenser images people have stuffed a few selfies into the program and been sent back a whole range of images of themselves looking sexier more attractive thinner younger i can't think why people feel the need to share all these beautiful images of themselves which are better than life it flushes out every narcissist in your in, in your in your friendship group you go oh wow i like and people are doing the sort of humble brag going oh i just thought i'd jump on this trend in order to share these amazing pictures of me But I mean, I guess the dark side of it is the the fact that the AI has quite happily screened through all the work of millions of artists all over the world without sort of credit. And it is a crude form of mass appropriation in order to produce those images. So it's a bit twisted. And I was talking to a friend of mine, James, who has a brain the size of a planet um, and actually works a lot in data and AI. And he was pointing out that some of the kind of hilarious mistakes that are still being made. Because AI is not working on a kind of ladder of intelligence type of model. It's not a single integrated intelligence. It's 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 a lot of sort of cobbled together intelligences, which it's bringing together from the stuff that it's absorbed. The examples you see of, of images generated with multiple fingers, like AI seems to have a problem remembering that human beings only have four fingers. So you can you can throw an instruction into mid-journey, uh, and for some reason, the people will have five or six fingers. And there's a great meme that's been going around for people saying, A.I. is going to be the future and A.I. agreeing the contract and the handshakes have all got about seven fingers on each hand.
2: So, I mean, the other thing everybody's talking about is chat GBT, which is uh, this natural language processing thing that seems to be able to have kind of fairly intelligent conversations with you. But again, still makes interesting mistakes. But I think the problem is that always this, this central narrative where people are worried that these machines are going to become cleverer than humans. And they're certainly better in some ways at doing some things than humans. But the thing is, neither of those machines has an opinion. It doesn't have a consciousness. It doesn't know whether what it's doing is good or bad and it can't abstract beyond that. So they're really not intelligent in any useful sense because they're not conscious and it's consciousness that actually is the mainstay of the kind of creative intelligence that solves kind of difficult problems that we have. So what you, what you want is to sort of marry the best of, You know Ed gillespie with a machine so Ed gillespie with an ai works better than Ed gillespie without an ai but the idea that you know ai is suddenly going to start taking over the world is is kind of ridiculous because the very thing that makes the human world human is the human creativity so there's a lot of science fiction schlock going around about how this stuff is all going to overtake us it is incredibly incredibly powerful in the same way that ak-47 is powerful and can do damaging things but really it's who wields it On which direction they point it that really matters and and um, and that's the nuance really it's the artificial generalized intelligence which is this kind of superhuman conscious like machine just doesn't exist and nobody knows how to build it because we don't know what consciousness is
0: is some of the fear simply the sort of speed of advance of it i think because the last few years we've been talking about sort of quite singular issues we haven't really seen an evolution and it feels like this last few weeks of talking about AI has just been someone saying, have you seen all the stuff it can do now? And and that naturally breeds Mm. an air of, Oh shit. Well, what's it going to be able to do next year then? Yeah. I mean, I'm not, am I supposed to be worried about AI replacing me as a comedian?
2: I think there are certain comedians who could be replaced by an AI, and you may be one
0: of them, but I don't think they're really <laughs>
2: great comedians. I don't think they're really great comedians, anything to worry about.
0: <laughs> We're not getting any closer to the sort of revelatory, what's that bloody film that goes on for ages, the Christmas film? Um, it's A Wonderful time. Life. That's it. I- I'm wondering at one point whether it's going to be on this call that Mark Stevenson reaches his uh, epiphany. It's AI Wonderful Life. <laughs> oh, that's very nice. Given that you're saying that it's not going to replace creativity because it can't because it doesn't know what it is. Hmm. What, what is the reason to be fearful of AI? I think the reason to be fearful of AI is who's
2: using it for what. And if you get it to start making decisions that are not moral or conscious. So for instance, the idea of AI controlled weapons. And indeed, there's lots of, you know, I mean, it's, I think it's just misnamed. You shouldn't call it artificial intelligence. You should call it machine learning or intelligence mimicry, because it's not genuinely intelligent in the way that we would think that word intelligence. And that is the danger of it. So for instance, you get racist AIs because they've, you know, scanned the internet for for data in various forms, whether it's images or text, and they've inherited the bias of racism that's embedded in so much of the world. And so... If it was truly intelligent it would go what's this racist shit? but it's not so really it's not artificial intelligence it's kind of also artificial stupidity and it's it's what we what we do with it that matters and that's why we have to have a very serious debate about how how we use it as we would with a weapon as we would with a medicine or whatever and i think the ethics around ai are not very well regulated and are a bit loose but it's a a wonderful place to go and have an intellectual debate but nobody's really sort of applying much uh, legislation into that area and mostly because legislators don't understand it and in fact are a little bit scared of it
1: yeah i think there's also there's a massive risk of tidal waves of misinformation or indeed alluding to mark's sort of point about who's using it or indeed active disinformation you know, so being able to flood the internet with content in the same way that chatbots do to a certain extent now, but with whole articles of plausible-sounding bullshit, which you know, unless you're an expert, you wouldn't be able to unpick. I mean, to be honest, though, that's already that's already happening.
2: Daily Mail, which is just you know a whole of plausible <laughs>
1: bullshit. Yeah, exactly. Don't come and pollute our pristine and pure, intellectually rigorous internet with your AI disinformation. So, actually, human beings are doing a really good job of filling that with shit themselves.
0: There we go. We've ended on an optimistic note, haven't we? (laughs) Not going to be any worse, is it? eBay Motors is here for the ride.
2: If you go back to the invention of the novel, people were saying that these novels are a terrible idea because these are imaginary worlds and people get completely lost in them and they will lose all moral fiber if they start listening to fiction or reading fiction. And the same happened with radio and the same with TV. And, and, And AI is another media in which our descendants will swim, but they will understand what it is and what it isn't. And they will also understand that they won't live in a world where they look at the media and go, well, this is somebody trying to tell me the truth. They'll understand that it is a different beast. And they'll create their own methods for finding the truth that aren't necessarily our current news media. And that might actually end up being a good thing.
0: That was nice, wasn't it? (laughs) We can do it, can't we? I liked it. Here's an easier one. Paul de Buitlayer. I don't know if I've said that right. Is T overrated? Is this a listener's question? It is, yeah. It's coming via Twitter. It might be an AI, we don't know. From Dublin, a senior XD at SAGE. So I think that's a real person. Would an AI pretend to be that?
1: Does he mean tea, the late afternoon meal, or tea as in the hot beverage, and in which case, like, a caffeinated black tea, a green tea, herbal tea? There's so many nuances here. I think uh, Paul might be Portuguese.
0: There's some Portuguese. That's got a like. So I don't know what I've just said, but somebody agreed with it, so it must be all right. Okay. I'm going to speculate that if Paul is originally either Portuguese or Brazilian, I don't think they mean tea as in what you have in for your tea. I think they mean tea, the hot brewed beverage. But I tell you what, if you've got strong opinions on tea as a meal, it's the Christmas special. Do you know what? Fucking let rip. (laughs) It's an underdeveloped question, isn't it? Really? Oh, here we go. (laughs) Just a bit of fun, mate.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, Mark's in a very philosophical mood this evening. Well, it's. I mean, you know. Do you like tea? It depends. Depends, doesn't it? It depends on
2: the context. It depends on what kind of tea it is. It depends on how it's been made. I mean, you know, you can have exactly the same drink. Some of it made by slaves, and some of it, you know, squeezed from the tears of angels. So, you know, which which tea are we talking about? Taste wise, of course, it's not an overrated. Tea is literally the solver of all problems in every british household for the last 300 years come down have a cup of tea let's talk about it fish and chips cup of tea got a biscuit cup of tea got an argument cup of tea feeling sad cup of tea need to talk to a friend about something difficult cup of tea need to fire somebody have a cup of tea of course tea is not already tea is the very lubricant of the world in which we live it is the smoothing of all the difficult moments by the simple act of a liquid beverage that makes everything just feel a little bit warmer and nicer just for a moment to set you alive within the taste buds of the universe tingling upon your warm moist tongue of expectation
0: we got there in the end didn't we he's talked himself around on ai and he's talked himself on tea what we've learned ed is if we just leave him long enough he sort of talks himself into a vague state of optimism he's gone from what what do you mean it's a shit question to a long speech about how tea is the only reason society has stayed together <laughs> i think it is overrated i think it's shitter than coffee and it's shitter than beer all the things you said oh do you need to sack someone have a pint <laughs> to have an argument have
1: a pint it's true maybe there's a hierarchy of liquid social lubricants that you know based on personal preference and taste or cultural context but i mean tea works coffee wouldn't though because coffee would make you a bit more aggy wouldn't it you can't have a pint at 11 a.m in the morning have you ever been in an airport
0: oh yeah it's late in an airport 11 isn't it
1: i'm gonna say well doesn't weatherspoons open at about 10 o'clock in the morning any people gonna have their fried breakfast in a pint i've seen it
0: Reference Sean Locke's wonderful routine about brunch there, where the spoon's serving brunch to basically hover up alcoholics and make them feel like they're having a meal.
1: It was only a bit of
0: bloody brunch. <laughs> um, it's a wonderful routine. So, big news since we are reacting and up to date, we referenced it earlier. Exciting developments in the world of nuclear fusion this week. Mm. Some people say. Oh, brilliant. That's that sorted then. And some people say it's not going to be sorted for ages. So we've still got all the problems we had anyway, because we'll have worked out whether we're going to save the planet or not by then, by the time that this becomes an option. What say you, gentlemen? Well, still a way off.
2: It's a long way off. I think it is an incredibly important watershed moment because the reaction itself created more energy than was put into the reaction. But however, it did not create more energy. Then was needed to create the experiment so the amount of energy that was delivered by the lasers into the little uh, hydrogen bubble was less than what came out of the reaction but the energy needed to power up those lasers was more than you got out of it so we're still some way off however it is very significant because it now proves that we can do nuclear fusion and get more energy out than we got in however to make those machines at scale to get them to the point where they can attach to the grid to do all the necessary legislation health and safety stuff we are still 20 30 40 years off that being a thing if it happens it is potentially game-changing however the other problem with these kinds of energy projects is that they rely on vast amounts of infrastructure which means they are generally controlled by nation states or big corporations whereas what i like about renewables is they can be distributed so it's kind of a mixed bag i think anything that gets us to a low carbon economy and can keep us there and can provide cheap, abundant energy is a wonderful, wonderful thing because everything is a, is basically a function of the cost of energy. If you want to, you know, reduce the cost of healthcare, education, social cohesion, whatever, reduce the cost of energy. So fusion potentially it could be that silver bullet, but we're about forty years off. But I don't like the fact that it will still be probably centrally controlled.
0: All I took from that is that it's going to be forty years away, and I'll be eighty by then. So we probably don't need to give a shit, do I?
1: No, in terms of, to- I mean, this is the thing in terms of time scales If you think like by 2050 we're supposed to be at net zero all of the big challenges we have on energy and climate change will have to be resolved in some way shape or form before we're going to be anywhere near bringing fusion online and I, and it is it is a breakthrough but it's always been a movable feast i mean i've been talking about fusion as a potential energy source my entire career or mentioning it i remember actually when i did my trip around the world i traveled in mongolia with a with two nuclear fusion scientists <laughs> and spent a lot of time bouncing around in the back of a of a minibus across the Gobi Desert discussing the pros and cons of fusion. And and their kind of attitude to it even then was we probably won't see it come to maturity during our careers. This was 15 years ago. So yes, it's it's an interesting moment, but uh, don't hold your breath, people.
2: But I think we have to also put into context that actually the results of that experiment will be looked back on maybe after our lifetimes as an absolutely extraordinary moment uh, akin to discovering the fault of a tag effect or solving Fermat's last theorem, you know, it's just it's just an extraordinary moment because it's, it's the moment where everything we thought might be possible suddenly actually does become possible.
0: He's done it again, you know. You yeah. leave him long enough. You leave him long <laughs> enough, you get sentences like, the moment at which everything we thought possible has become possible.
1: So Mark's gone Carl Sagan on us
2: i have got to tell you the second album of quantum pig is largely influenced by mr sagan
0: and is it the moment at which everything you thought was possible has become possible no no that's prog rock that's a definitely
2: a retrospective looking uh, art form not a, not a forward-thinking one so
0: that's the moment at which everything that you thought was possible was possible back then yeah <laughs> <laughs> is that
2: yeah. although although you know as a prog rock band we are pushing the boundaries of what is acceptable we played pop songs on our last tour and got away with it what did you play Okay, pop songs. Which yeah. ones? The birdie song. Ones we'd written. Ones you've never heard of.
0: <laughs> oh, I thought you meant you were doing covers. No. I was gonna no, come, no. Then. no,
2: no, no, no. you would <laughs> never never do that in front of a prog audience. It's, that's suicide. No, we we've written I've written a pop song. you know, all about how beautiful the world is. And I sang it in front of them for three and a half minutes of pure pop and i got away with must it.
0: Must have written that a few years ago.
2: No, I wrote it last year.
0: Did you? Oh you were in a good mood last year, were you?
2: Well, not we really. should
0: have done a podcast that week. <laughs> is
2: all this i am generally am i am i am i the miserable one Am I the no you keep
0: saying you're the miserable one but then i think you're not it, what's happening here is that you keep saying you're miserable and actually being the most optimistic one here and i've come into it pretending to be an optimist but cut underneath everything i'm saying is a sort of defeatist death wish tendency which i think people are picking up on leaves ed in the middle
1: yeah mark mark's inverting the kind of you know give him enough rope and he'll hang himself and they're like give him enough elastic and and time and he'll twang himself into a better future
0: absolutely um and the final thing it says that we're going to talk about is modern slavery <laughs> that's a bit of fun isn't it? <laughs> you know knowing you guys this is where you know slavery goes full circle and becomes a good thing then is that what modern slavery is like you know 21st century good slavery.
1: Well, it just, it just, it, the definition of modern slavery is essentially you know, exploiting people for personal or commercial gain. It's quite a, a broad brush, but actually weirdly, it probably has some kind of AI connection there as well. You know, if you're having your art hijacked into an AI program then you could argue that you're being exploited for commercial gain by that particular system. Now, it just made me laugh this week because my old agency was running a a series of webinars under the headline Adventures in the Anthropocene, and the first one was on modern slavery. But it turns out that Adventures in the Anthropocene is actually the title of a very well-known environmental book by the author Gaia Vince, who wasn't very happy when she discovered that her book title had been hijacked for the title of the series which was essentially modern slavery because it was being used by uh, them for personal or commercial gain. So it was irony on a base level, but I liked it. Has, has, any, has anyone ever stolen anything off you, John? Have you ever had a joke nicked? or? No, well, that's the
0: great thing about my work is it's basically unstealable. I mean, I shouldn't be doing it really. So um, why <laughs> anyone else would want it? It's unnickable. Um, if I see AI, AI doing routines about how another AI has not stacked the dishwasher properly, then I know that something's foot. But luckily until then... I remain absolutely unplagiarizable by not having anything remotely
1: rememberable. <laughs> <laughs> that was a great gig. What, do you remember the best bit? No, I can't remember. That. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I remember blur. Yeah. what's was the gig?
0: Oh, I was on time and it finished when I expected it to. So there you go. Can't complain, can you? <laughs> More of that coming next year.
2: It is, it's very hard to remember anything on a stand-up gig. Like when you go to see a comedian, it's almost impossible to remember any of the things when you come afterwards. So, and I don't know why it's very hard to remember jokes. Have you ever been that moment where somebody has been to see a comedian and they're around the dinner table and they go, and then he said, th- yeah. and, there bit, and there was a bit with a, a penguin and then and then and they're, they're, they're laughing, but it's just
0: like they've totally ruined it. But you're doomed either way then, because even if they do remember it, it's never going to be as good as it. That's not yeah. like trying to describe a film to someone. And then the building blew up and they all, yeah, I'll probably go and watch it, mate, if that's all <laughs> right with you. <laughs> Sounds like a visual medium. Yeah. <laughs> so next time we talk, it'll be 2023, will it? Oh, God, yeah. I will. mean, fingers crossed. Might not. This might be the last one. Well,
1: yes. <laughs> <laughs> we just Is that optimism? Well, wind up on the fifth episode. <laughs>
0: well, something might happen. You know, the world might blow up or, you know those things that i've done might finally come to oh, fruition we, oh, we, we, we literally on this show promised to do a live future kicking whitby oh we have 2023
2: must go on for that reason
0: if if nothing else january the 1st one minute past
1: midnight <laughs> going out with a bang and a rifty fish <laughs>
0: <laughs> talk to me about 2023 then how are you both feeling
1: 2023 i i haven't actually got round to thinking about that yet which as a futurist is probably slightly embarrassing but I think once you turn 50 as well the turning of the year becomes a sort of slightly sharper thing you know we were joking about the kind of two and a half thousand weeks into your four thousand weeks weren't we in I think episode two and yeah I don't know I, I was looking at one of the old boys on the allotment outside the back of my house and he must be in his 80s and I was trying to imagine what it must be like to be tending your allotment and wondering whether that's your last season. Um...
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> Happy Christmas! <laughs> <I> mean...
1: <laughs> well, no, no, but I meant it in a positive way because <laughs> no, there was some.
0: <laughs> you, <didn't. laughs> you can't say that. That'll be the last leak I ever fucking pick. <laughs> How is that remotely
1: optimistic? <laughs> Oh, there's yeah. something beautiful about still plugging away at it, whether not knowing whether you would get to eat, <laughs> eat that. <leak>. <laughs> oh, <laughs>
0: anyway. that's anyway. nice. Did you go down there and say that to him? I wouldn't, wouldn't uh, no, bother with them uh, courgettes, mate.
1: No. <laughs> uh, courgettes are long gone, John. That's yeah, like, yeah.
0: <laughs> I was trying. What's going in now then for, for next season?
1: Well, nothing's going at the moment because the ground's like iron.
0: <laughs> so, uh, Mark, have you got anything more optimistic than the complete futility of growing vegetables because we'll all be dead soon? <laughs> <laughs> what, what an answer to Are you looking forward to 2023? Uh, <laughs>
1: I'm, 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 I'm sorry. I,
0: <laughs> hey, I liked it. Don't get me wrong. Like, Bang on I... message that. <laughs> I'll sell that spade, mate.
2: Ed is just just turned into a Pink Floyd lyric. You know, that song, Time, they go, you run and you run to catch up with the sun, but it's sinking, rushing around to come up behind you again. Yeah. You're one day older and one day closer to death, you know, but it's basically like, what, what, why even think about the future? It's all just, you know,
1: one step closer to the inevitable demise of everything you love and care about. I, I had to yeah. drag my speakers out and just play that on a loop over the allotment.
0: So I have to question now, is, is it current events that have meant that two people whose job is to sort of delve into the future and find fruit within it that has made you two as depressed as you are? Or is it me? I think it might be me. Do you know what <laughs> I think it is, John?
2: I'll tell you what it is. Because you asked me what I was thinking about when I think about 2023. I think the, the year I'm going into and the next 10 years are kind of the real years where the rubber hits the road on change and the shift and the difficult periods that the world's going to have to go through to have any chance of surviving you know we've been going on about this stuff but it's really now it's it's shit it's, or bust it's more of a contact sport than it's ever been and in a way that's incredibly optimistic you know the carbon removal stuff that i'm doing i'm really excited about but i wish it, we didn't have to remove the carbon in the first place i wish it wasn't up there because you know so we're in a mess and i kind of think it's like To use a footballing analogy, it's probably like, you know, you're going in as the underdog and you're up against Argentina and you've got to win. And that's how the world feels at the moment. Like, yeah, okay, bring it on, bring the game on. I've worked all my life for this. I'm going to give it my best, but I know it's going to be hard. And so it's trying to find the balance between doing the work and staying positive and staying positive because you're doing the work, but it really is the next, the next 10 years are exactly where the rubber hits the road on everything, not just climate change, social justice, inequality, all those things. And the old world has to die and a new one has to be born. And, and as we know, every birth can be joyous, but it's also a, it's also a painful rite of passage for the, for the people doing it. And that's, that's where we're at. So I look at 2023 with a sense of, okay, game on, but also a sense of, am I ready for this? Am I big enough for this? Because I'm at, you know, my fifties is probably the next 10 years, probably the most productive of my professional career where I've probably got the most agency and power. Am I going to use that to my maximum ability for the benefit of my children? and Everybody else's and what will it look like 10 years from now? And I don't know, but I, know, I know I'm going to go for it. And I hope at the end of it, I'll be able to sit down with you guys and drink a glass of wine. So it's kind of like huge kind of girding of the loins and kind of optimism about what could be achieved, but also no shying away from the fact that it's going to be a very difficult decade
0: just in terms of scheduling that glass of wine did, did you mean that in terms of the next decade so am i penciling that in for 2033 or is that at the end of next year <laughs> or is that at the start of next year
2: i would always drink a glass of wine with you George, at any time All oh, right. see you in whitby
0: yes <laughs> well good luck everyone with your christmases and your new years and uh, thank you we as haven't a... anything festive we haven't
2: done anything festive to haven't talked about yeah we we've mm-hmm.
0: told people there's no point planting vegetables because you're all gonna die there's a <laughs> nothing more festive <laughs> than that
2: wow. what about you John? what do you think about 2023
0: oh i'm all right mate don't you worry about me i've got a new panel show coming out i've done my bit i've done a few series of this and uh, that's me done. So good luck to you lads with your environmentalism and your carbon culture. <laughs> I've got a new panel show coming out about couples and uh, I'm just gonna uh, fall into a pit of absolute self involvement and uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna be the person who questions everything. We we'll say, Ah, but is it climate change? I'm gonna have a go at that because 'cause I've tried the other thing. So I think it's only fair to have a go at have a go at that. Ah, but is it though? Ah, but can we afford to pay nurses? Do mm? <laughs> you think about that? <laughs> Who's gonna pay for that? Is this actual couples, or could you have me and Ed on as a couple? <laughs> it depends how far you're willing to go to um, get on the show. It is actual couples, but uh, I'm not ruling out you two becoming one. <laughs> now we have to get oh. a second series first because we filmed the first one. So you've got a year to um, yeah. really get into it.
1: You'll mm. find me on. You'll find me on the but You have to be quick. Absolutely.
0: Um, there's no point. There's no point trying to get Ed on the show because he'll be dead quite soon.
2: <laughs> by, his, by his own analysis, no. Oh
0: no, it wasn't Ed that was going to die. That's what I liked about it. It was a very specific old man on his allotment. That, that's why I enjoyed the image so much. That he was just watching a man tend to his vegetables, tutting away at himself. What a waste of his fucking time!
2: You know what? He's going he's to look out onto that allotment in a few days' time, and that man is going to be tapping his earphones. He's be like, I'm just listening to this podcast.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, what's a prog rock Christmas classic, Mark? Get us back onto a festive theme quickly.
2: Well, I think the most proggy of carols is probably Carol of the Bells, which is really quite proggy. It's, not, it's kind of out there in, in a musical way and it's, it's rather
1: beautiful. So it, sounds like, it sounds like a barmaid from a pub. Which
0: one's Carol of the Bells? Is that the one that goes? Yeah, that one. <laughs> is that prog then? Let's talk. <laughs> <laughs> I like that one I didn't know I was into prog Maybe It's on Home Alone You are into prog
2: You are into prog Everybody comes to prog in the end The whole of the Richardson's Has a prog soundtrack How can you not be You know it
0: Yeah I googled Jethro Tull this week And I didn't know they were formed in Blackpool yeah. It's a little fact I learnt
2: Absolute prog, prog rock royalty And your whole show is soundtracked by them This show is soundtracked by Quantum Pig You are already progged. You don't know it Oh, God, am I furthering
0: prog? No. Oh, God. Ask me again about 2023. How do you feel about 2023? I'm going to make some changes. <laughs> 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 well,
2: the thing is, that's quite prog too, because there's a lot of changes in prog, you know. Oh, God. And
0: time of changes. All right, now I'm going to keep everything the same. <laughs> well, that's also quite prog as well. Oh, God. <laughs> What's not prog? What's not prog? Ending something prematurely. (laughs) Right, see you later, everyone. See you next year.